He is justice. He is the knight. Fucked a mermaid, too. Hello and welcome to the super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast. I am joined on this illustrious, beautiful spring day, each sequestered in their own cramped offices and stuff, with Ian and Bendy Arms. How you guys doing? You guys keeping it real? Hey man, keeping it so real over here, man. Thanks for asking. You're welcome. Keeping it so real, we're... uh... (laughs) Taking it back, old school audio, audio quality. Well, it, I call it good quality audio. You know, it yeah. is um, retro, as you say. Mm-hmm. It's some good quality, like two thousand eight audio. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I want Ian to sound like from now on a guy <laughs> on a YouTube video, like in early tube days, explaining Bigfoot, <laughs> like with a slideshow playing and like that's the top video and then like afterwards you know you and your friends are gonna go see the dark knight in theaters (laughs) this is 2008 yeah and you're real upset heath ledger's the joker like why would they put a pansy boy like that in there i don't think it's somebody cool like jared leto to do it yeah (laughs) you know who would destroy this role jared leto He's got the manic personality. He's just so different. I can't imagine anybody from a romantic comedy playing that role well. Especially Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> it's the conversation you guys have in the popcorn line. Imagine if it was like Chad Michael Murray or something like that. You guys, remember, you guys remember Chad Michael Murray? Who was that specifically? That's such a specific He was uh, He was like the hunky uh, love interest in like uh, One Tree Hill, I think. Okay. Chad Michael Murray. <laughs> or like he was in, uh, he was like the hunky pretty boy in like the early 2000s. Like WB uh, teen girl dramedy, uh, you know, type deal. Was he on Orange County, the series? The OC? Yeah. No, he wasn't on the OC. That was Adam Brody and Ben McKenzie and uh, <laughs> and Misha Barton <laughs> wow. and Rachel Bilson and Tay Donovan <laughs> and Peter Gallagher and Kelly Rowan. <laughs> I think the rest of this cast is going to be dedicated to how far down this like romantic light fluff can <laughs> rabbit hole we could get down with bendy <laughs> dude i love the oc man like that is like one of my favorite shows of all time i haven't even finished watching the whole thing i've only seen the first two seasons it's been done for 15 years yeah and you still think you've only seen the first two seasons but you know <laughs> every single actor i know where you were going with that i was like is scott a huge oc fan I have no idea. <laughs> Maybe the fact you just listed the encyclopedia article verbatim <laughs> off your mind. <laughs> well, I own the first two seasons of the OC on DVD and I watch them regularly. <laughs> like like your bookshelf is just like pamphlets from inside DVD cases. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's like the art on my walls. It's just like the inside DVD pamphlet from the OC. <laughs> I just look at Ben McKenzie brooding every morning above my work meeting <laughs> man i love a good ben mckenzie vehicle 
Anyway. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> he was so good in Gotham. I think. Exactly. Yes, exactly. The same one. I know I saw that name. Another somewhere. Batman connection. Back Very. to Heath Ledger in The Dark Knight in 2008. Who played Commissioner Gordon better? Ben McKenzie or Gary Oldman? Now, wow, nothing has inspired more dead air in this podcast than that question. Oh, That's geez. how tough a decision it was. Like, So, Gary Oldman is great in his role, you know. <laughs> and Ben McKenzie, though, is the reason for the show. So it's like right. a supporting actor versus leading actor. Hmm. I think it's unfair to both Ben and Gary that to even be compared on this level. Right, you shouldn't pit them against each other. <laughs> yeah, it's it's no matter who wins, like you know, the person declaring the win is a fallacious bastard. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Solid opinion. You know, we don't need to talk about Gary Oldman or the OC. You know what I mean? That's fair. That's fair. But I kind of I, I like it, and here's why I like it. It shows like the depth of your appreciation for the film medium and like mm-hmm. what it takes to make a film. Mm, that's true. I do love that stuff. So like you're encyclopedic because you're passionate and and you know it back and forth. And Ian and I, we're passionate, but in a very different sense. Like we confine ourselves to small rooms and <laughs> <laughs> dream up projects that we feel like takes teams and leagues of people but we decide to do on our own anyway. Yeah, we can we can handle that. <laughs> yeah, what I'm getting at, Bendy, is we're gonna make a film called Zombies, and we need mm. you. We need you to tell us how to get it done because you're the only person we know who's ever gotten a good film done. Besides David's earbud review. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, that's a good one. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. Wow, I'm so honored that you two would um, would ask me things. <laughs> yeah, we've got so many questions. Like, uh, I am, uh, you know, an open book. You know, what do you what do you want to know? Well, I guess we should start with like where are we at? You know, we yeah, don't give have me a, s- a little uh, progress uh, update. Uh, you know, what, what, what's going on? <laughs> oh well. Where are we at? We have our concept. What is the concept? Could you give me like a, just like a quick run, like a quick synopsis? Yeah. So it's kind of an environmental warning sort of tale. I love it already. Where we got like some toxic waste being dumped into our like grasslands or something. And we got our bees doing their bee thing, pollinating. And the toxic waste gets in the plants. The bees get affected. And they grow into kind of mutants and start attacking people. Oh, zombies. Zombies. That's right. Oh, wow. I love that. It's like Im- the the horror element is the embodiment of impending natural disaster that we cause ourselves. Yeah. I love that. That's a great idea for a movie. Some would say it's allegorical. I would say that. So would Al Gore. <laughs> <laughs> Al Gore approved concepts. <laughs> Al Gore allegorical. <laughs> <laughs> this is allegorical by Al Gore. <laughs> That's what the, like the movie review says when they show the people who said stuff about it. Al Gore said it was allegorical. <laughs> Five stars. 
I would I would print that quote on the back cover. We should. Yeah. It's not like anyone's going to see it. Not like Al Gore is going to sue us about it, right? Oh, I was assuming we'd actually get that fucking review. But you know what? Yeah, let's just print it anyway. <laughs> I was going to say, you guys could probably, at whatever point you finish it, maybe you could also come up with a way to just like make a quick 30-second deep fake video of Al Gore just saying that this movie is allegorical. So people can like fact check it on YouTube in case they need to like reference it. Hell yeah. Yeah. I was thinking we could probably get the mayor of Hamtramck in on it, though. Because she's been in a schlocky film before. Vampire like, Babes and, and like the Fifth Dimension. Yeah. After the Blood Rush, I think it's called. So when you say when you say like a schlocky movie. Like really bad. Like like a B movie type of deal, right? Not even a B movie, like a D movie. Oh, like, really? Like super, shot super. on video 2009. Oh, real okay, okay. Local okay. Uh, production. I got you. Well, I love the concept. Um, where are you at right now with everything? So we've got our concept and we bought a bunch of liquid latex <laughs> and vinyl tubing. And we're going to make our own blood. That's a, that's a must. That's a must. <laughs> we have clay and mannequin head. Clay and a mannequin Ooh. head to make some molds. Okay. Okay. So let me ask you, this is probably the most important question I'm going to have. Mm-hmm. So you guys are want to make the bees. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Everything. Practical. I love that. Only practical. There's, there's no, oh, I love that. I love I, that. I would like it to be the world's simplest Adobe premiere file besides maybe the cuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I honestly, I think if I was going to edit something like that, I think shooting it as practical as possible is absolutely a hundred percent. That's the best way to do anything. I think. So like, especially if you guys got some cool designs or something, like I would really love to see these bees whenever you get them finished. Like I need to see that. But okay. I could even see like, you know, well, I'm just going to go ahead and I'm just going to throw some ideas out there. You guys might've even thought yeah. some of this stuff already. Yes. So you got the bees made, right? How, are you going to try to make a lot of bees or just like one or something like that? I'm going to make one full bee. I'm going to make one puppet of like the face. And I'm going to have one puppet of the stinger. So you're going to make it into a puppet? Yeah, so we can do close-ups and like manipulate like the, the mouth and face. Do some expressions and stuff like that? Yeah, and then one yeah. where we can manipulate the stinger or like yeah. gore stuff. But then we'll have like the full B for like chasing and whatever. Yeah, that's really good. I was also considering, and we don't have a script yet, so mm-hmm. I could fit this in. I'm not sure how yet. <laughs> um, kind of making like a a kaiju costume sort of bee. <laughs> or one of us we would have like a big foam head. This is new to me. That would go on top, and then we'd get like uh, one of those like onesie, like just black, and we'll like tie arms to our arms, so we have six limbs, and then like a big uh, bee thorax sort of sticking out the back. So like. If we needed a giant bee for some reason, or a human-sized bee, then we could do that also, potentially. I think we should get two bee costumes, and maybe there's like a bee conflict that happens, <laughs> <laughs> like an intra-bee conflict. <laughs> <laughs> they fight. That would be tight. I guess we do need a we need a queen bee as well, because that's like 
potentially the the climax right. where we kill off these drone bees, but they keep coming because they're the hive mind. We got to kill the queen mm-hmm. in order to yeah. do anything. I think an so. important thing to note, especially with any any new listeners, is we have zero practical effects experience <laughs> at all. <laughs> well, we have like uh, about 20 minutes of stuff we didn't use for ick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We we are a little further down the Dunning Kruger curve. We're not like hopelessly optimistic. We we realize that everything we're saying is like some gargantuan effort with little payoff. But at the same time, that invigorates us. That's like yes, this is what I want to make out of my life. I'm tired of not living my life. I'm going to make this B movie, and David is going to fuck a bee, and he's going to get smashed for puns. <laughs> is that going to happen in the movie? <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, maybe the... Dude, you gotta have him play one of the man bees. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Like a... Yeah. Like a, like a the bees waiting for him in bed one night. <laughs> Yes. No, David's the bees. David's the bees. He's all the bees. He's all the bees. He's all the bees. Like they mutated to David's. Is David going to star in this? I could see him being like the, yeah, the most film time. I could see, I could see David being like the lead in this movie as like the Tom Cruise hero type. I wouldn't be mad at that. Like, yeah, we're, we we haven't cast yet, but I could see that. He's definitely got that look, you know what I mean? And he's like a big mm-hmm. guy. Like, he could definitely be that stereotypical hero character. He is by far the only person I know who would, like, f- succeed under the scrutiny of taking your shirt off on camera. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. He only needs a little enhancement. Like, whereas me, it's like, it's just pasting my head on Arnold Schwarzenegger and like dancing yeah, that's around probably the screen. What you'd have to do for me or something like that too, honestly. <laughs> okay. So I'm liking everything that I'm hearing here. I have a couple of thoughts, but yeah. I like a lot of what I'm hearing and what you guys are planning. This sounds like a good idea. I like the practical bee. I like the human bee costume idea a lot too. I think that you definitely got to do that. <laughs> I think, especially if you could get David to have sex with himself as a bee, <laughs> I think that would be that would be like I don't know. That's just an idea. <laughs> David's gonna become like this amazing, like highly paid, fucking versatile actor, Nick Cage status, <laughs> like because we just needed to insert him into as many jokes as possible. <laughs> yeah. Dude, honestly, this would be like a Nick Cage making type of role for David for sure. If he did something like that, that would be yeah. that would be crazy. Do you think we can get like a Nick Cage figure in this? What kind of what kind of funding do you think we need to raise for a big time big name to show up, say a line, and leave? I'm not sure. What did they pay him for that Willy's Wonderland? Because he didn't have any lines in that film. Yeah, that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> you saw that. I I only heard about it, but. Apparently, yeah, you can get him to do anything. I saw the trailer and I was like, I'm pretty sure Nick Cage doesn't have any lines in this movie. And then I watched <laughs> it and he didn't. <laughs> I was like, okay. Did he have screen he didn't say time one though? Thing. Like, what was the screen time? Oh, he was definitely the lead in the movie. He just kicked ass really hard and they had a bunch of supporting characters that just gave context throughout the whole movie of what was going on. 
That makes sense. But that, he essentially that's... just played himself because no, he didn't have a name and he didn't say anything. So it was basically just Nick Cage kicking a bunch of ass. What was his motivation? Did we don't know a dog or something. No, you don't never even know what his motivation ever is. You have no idea what his motivation is. Like everything as it seems sort of just happens by chance. But I feel like there's some underlying backstory, but they hardly allude to it at all. So it is pretty much just a really silly action movie, action horror movie. I could see why Nick would take it, though, you know, expresses, you know, his physical versatility to the utmost. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to appreciate uh, about the guy. He'll literally just do anything. I mean, it's like he's got to be doing a lot of these like first time or like amateur, like indie movie directors, like a big look by just being in all these random ass movies that he's doing, you know? I mean, honestly, if I was like that caliber of an actor and like it just seemed like. I mean, he's built a career where nothing can really derail it except for a gross immoral act, you know, <laughs> like he could do whatever he wants. And like everyone's just going to be like, yeah, Nick Cage, like he can <laughs> do a series of this, the worst bombs and then some big studio production. Just fine. Just fine. Yeah. No influence. No, uh, you know, uh, Vinny from Entourage spending a whole season trying to get over Medellin. Medellin? Medellin. Yeah, man. I got to wonder, like, what Nick Cage's contracts look like or anything like that. I personally have no idea how you would get Nick Cage to be in a movie like this. I really don't. Because you guys know that uh, Planet Ant always does those Nick Cage days at the theater where they're like... true. You know, and they they try so hard to get him to show up every year. <laughs> they petition so hard online all the time, and I'm just like, they let really a guy on fire like once to get him in there, <laughs> and he just still didn't come. <laughs> they did what? They let a guy on fire once planning an What? You didn't know Jesus. that? No. Yeah, like I think it was to celebrate Ghost Rider or something. They, <laughs> <laughs> they, they had they had some stuntman come by and he was going to try to break the world record for amount of jumping jacks while completely uh, on fire. And he got to 12 or something and he needed to get to 30. Well, that's probably why he didn't show up. They didn't break the record. Why would he show up for that? <laughs> he knew in advance. He was like waiting outside to hear the results before he decided to come in. Yeah, he was sweating fucking bullets at the 10th jumping jack. <laughs> He's like... <laughs> This kid better not make it. <laughs> I don't want to interact with a bunch of fucking Detroit hipsters. <laughs> so I guess what I, all that to say is like, I don't know how you would get Nick Cage to be in something like that. I don't really know anything about budgeting for a movie. Okay. <laughs> you know, that's the kind of talent we want because I don't want anyone thinking of numbers. I just want ideas and ambition and we're going to okay. fucking fling ourselves at the velcro net of chance i think one thing for sure so this is one of the ideas that i was going to put out there i think trying to do it as practical as possible is a great idea i think if many as many shots as you can pull that off with but you know when you're pre-planning this thing or whatever and you're like okay here's a scene we want to have it look like there's a shitload of bees flying through the sky like like a crow's scene or something like that. You see the characters mm-hmm. they're on the street and they look up and it's like, there's a cloud of bees or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. or whatever, not even a cloud of bees, like a few bees or something like that. It's like, Oh shit, here they come trying to get a bee up in the sky like that. 
like practically mm-hmm. how you get something like that to happen. You could probably do it in a way where it's like, okay, you could kind of like hang them off a big like fishing pole or something like that, right? Like have them sort of like dangling around the mm-hmm. sky or something like that. What I would think to do is once you get the bees made, shoot a bunch of different like of the shots that you know that you're going to want to do something like this. Like if a bee is like coming down a hallway or something like that, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and like you want the light to be like shining on him in a certain way because of the way the lights coming through the doors and the hallways. Like you want the light to pass over the bee in the right way. I wanted to be a moody bee. Yeah, exactly. Like it's like a creepy, like he's sneaking up on somebody in the dark hallway or whatever, (laughs) even though he's loud as fuck (laughs) because he's a bee. He's like buzzing super loud. (laughs) (laughs) Some old lady is like in the kitchen. She doesn't hear that at all. She's like (laughs) cooking pancakes at two o'clock in the morning. (laughs) But like for something like that, it's like, okay, what do you, how do you shoot something like that? You dangle the bee through the hallway on some kind of like fishing line or something like that. Or like just shooting those shots on a green screen. So there would be like a li- like a extra level of compositing in the scene as opposed to what you're talking about, Scott, where it's yeah. like, if you have the simplest like premiere timeline, like, but I think if you did stuff like that, that could really like take it to a different level as far as like the practical effects, because like, I don't know, green screen seems like a good thing that you guys could take advantage of to do something like this practically. And I think you could have a lot of fun, like fucking around in it. Mm -hmm. Like this, there's a slippery slope argument that can be made here though. Like if we get on our knees for a green screen, like what's to stop? Like, like a multi-billion dollar CGI budget coming in and ruining the film besides the money. Well, what do you mean what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that like a multi-million dollar CGI budget? You're worrying about going too digital? It's too digital, man. Like It's too digital. Green screen's too digital for you. If if it could be made on like David Letterman's 1990s show, yeah. too technologically advanced. I what was I wanna, that like I'm sure they had a green screen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Maybe a graphic for the top 10 list. <laughs> right, right. That really technological stuff that they did. Yeah. Like, I think even the credits and shit like that, like, we should get, like, the world's most mm. black fucking fabric and hire an embroiderer to have, like, a diamond lace thread and to stitch. <laughs> <laughs> Every single roll. We'll gently scroll this massive black tapestry. <laughs> it's worth about a million dollars, like over the dirt. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like if we're going to be so small, we got to stick to some moral grounds. And, like, one of those moral grounds is that computer. Like, I want to be able to render this on NASA's space computer from the 60s. <laughs> Which is like a thumb drive. I don't know <laughs> science. No, I get that. I get that. You don't want to. You don't want to go down the rabbit hole. You want to keep it like practical, all in camera effects. Like you with a green screen, that makes sense because like you're exploring the entire medium of it. And like I think, I think there's no moral quandary over you having an entire CGI studio and trying to like develop dinosaurs to chase Sam Neill. Even like that's fine. Like anybody else doing it, but for us. Ian's been on record too much, exactly like Hedwig just now. He's been on record too much being like, practical effects are bust. 
if it's a computer, mm. it ain't worth it. Green screen, I feel, is different. You do? Yeah. Oh, uh, I Cause... don't. I feel like that's <laughs> in the just Totally, it's just like, nah. <laughs> Robocop, man. They did like the stop motion with the, the little, not Robocop, but the other robot in it. I can't remember what they call it. But yeah, there's definitely like rear projection or a green screen. Okay. All so right. like, so yeah. So Behind like, hear it. me out on this, hear me out on this, because you got to think about, I agree. Like I hear you, Scott. I'm a purist. I, I, I respect that. I respect that. I think, but, but think about the advantages of having some of the stuff shot on green screen, right? It's like some of the things that I'm always really concerned with when I'm doing like a project and I'm like in, you know, I don't know how many people you guys are going to try to get involved in this. I mean, as few like, as possible. I want as right. much credit in any additional credit. <laughs> you want to do like every <laughs> job, basically. <laughs> like I want. Yeah, let's get the costumes down. We're just going to paint David yellow. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I'm just okay. kidding. We're maybe not that far. I feel that I feel that. So yeah. like I think I just think like whatever, however many people you get on a set, it's like, OK. You got the B in there. You could probably nail it with the B or whatever. It's like totally cool. But like if you had it on a green screen, like if it really was just like you and Ian somewhere in a basement with the B for like a night and you just film all of these different, because especially if you puppet out the B and you can get all these different reactions, it's like, oh, here's where the B could be like talking to this person. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they have like a conversation and you're like, yeah, this is how it's going to look or whatever. It like, a, that's just like really fun to do just like on like a level of just like getting creative with like the lighting and it's like oh shit the possibilities are so endless it also kind of creates a little bit more efficiency on the practical filming end of it too where it's like making sure all of the practical effects are working well enough the first time that you're like trying to do it or like you know you probably tested obviously before too right so there's like a level yeah. of like prep involved in the rehearsal and like mm-hmm. the time it would take to do that practically on a set where it's like you got maybe like an extra couple of people helping out and they're waiting around on the sidelines because the puppet's not acting right or like it's just not working out in the way that, it you know, that kind of stuff. It's like those time marks on a set. It just always happens. There's always just like people sitting around doing nothing for like long stretches of time before anything even gets done because there's so much, okay, well the lighting has got to look right. we got to make sure the cameras are properly exposed. You know, like we got to make sure the batteries on all the audio shit that we're using are not going to die or whatever. Like it's just so much of that. And I always feel so bad when I'm on a set with other people that I'm like leading and like it gets to those points in time because I've been in those points of time where I'm like standing around, like doing nothing for like two hours, basically. And it's like, uh, like I think of that in my head and I'm like, oh shit. Like, I don't want these people to feel like they're sitting around doing nothing when there's not really anything they can do in the moment. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. You don't want them feeling bad about being at the B movie. You want them feeling good about it. Yeah, exactly. You want them to be having a good time, good fun time. Cause that's what it's all about. Exactly. Cause this is definitely like, I will say this right now as the bankroller of the project. This is not making money. <laughs> I have, that is not a goal. The goal is not to, like, die of financial expense, but fuck it. No, this is fun. This is I want the craziest shit that would never get made otherwise. 
I bet you we can make it into like a total weird underground thing. We'll make one copy, <laughs> we'll put it, we'll put it on VHS. We'll stick it in the the free Detroit Blockbuster box in Eastern oh, Market. That's such a good idea. Nice. <laughs> and somebody's gonna watch it and be like, "What the fuck is this?" And no, word dude. will spread, and no one will be able to find it. Honestly, let me. I want to do like a like a reaction check for Scott here. Scott, are yeah. you open? Are you a purist enough that you wouldn't want this to be on like YouTube or something like that? Well, like with a fucking marketing scheme like Ian just outlined, I'd be like, well, let's fucking try that for a few months. If like nobody rips it by then, <laughs> maybe I'd rip it. Like, <laughs> right, right. Like, see if somebody puts it up there on their own or something. <laughs> yeah, like I, that's what I would do. Is like I wouldn't release it myself, but like I'd be, I, I'd pretend to be some asshole who's fucking stole the intellectual property. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's actually a really good idea. I'd, I was gonna say yeah. like I feel like something like that, like what you guys are describing and how you want to do it. I honestly feel like that would be like huge like film fests people would be loving that at film festivals yes and we've got plenty of time till the next one i mean there's (laughs) film festivals happening like literally all the time oh yeah never mind oh my god like whenever you get this film done if you ever wanted to submit it to a festival there will be a fucking shitload of festivals that you guys can send this to yo dude bendy what if we both submit films to film festivals at the same time because like you know, we're not going to get this done real quick. I'm sure there's going to be some lag. But, like, what if, like, we finish the film and then, like, at the same time, you had your own fucking project, like Octopus Cage Fight Part mm-hmm. 2. This is where they travel back in time and kill Napoleon Bonaparte to change the world. <laughs> How'd you know about that? <laughs> it's on your wall, man. God damn it. <laughs> the, fucking, the fucking corkboard outline with the felt. But yeah, what if we fucking premiere at the same festival and it's like us against you against zombies? I don't even think I'd want to be there. I would just like leave and like never know why how we stacked up against the master. Yeah, because oh, I don't no, want to. You got to stack you up gotta, against you. You got to see. You got to see your movie in you know, like an audience with people. That's a good point. Like I even do if you don't that. do it at a festival, you guys should do some kind of like premiere screening for it or something because that's that's like that's the funnest part. Yeah, what I want to do is like I want to send the tape because we're only going to make the one to people and then have them like record themselves watching it and then I'll just watch each tape individually of just like their face. Play them all at the same time in front of you. <laughs> yes, yes, you do that's like the, this. Yeah, <laughs> that's what the green screen's for. I'll like edit them into the seats. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good director's cut for zombies as it ends up that the movie gets sent around and a bunch of people film themselves watching it and then you green screen them all into movie theater scenes that's how that's how zombies the director's cut ends yeah like where is this movie going i would do that no i love it i think you guys pretty much got it figured out you guys got anything else you want to ask me yeah honestly i thought you'd have more like uh like troubleshooting with like uh we haven't made even a script yet but like you're like no that's fine you don't need a fucking script yet Honestly, I mean, like, as soon as you guys get it scripted up, like, what much? How much more do you need to know? That's a good point. I mean, like, what really do? We're I ready mean, to go. You know, I mean, I guess writing the script is like kind of. I guess that's a big deal. Can <laughs> be kind of like a lengthy process on its own, but it's oh. like that's the whole the whole pre production process. Process like that should be the most time spent on the film, like when all is said and done. 
Okay, so knowing that, like, how long do you think a movie like this should be, you think, in your, like, estimation? What's a long version? What's a short version? Would you guys want it to be a feature? Is that what you're saying? I don't know. Or you just want to do, like, a short film version? I have no idea, man. Like, how much less feasible is a feature versus a short film? I have no idea, honestly. It really depends, I think, what is, like, being put into it. I mean, it sounds like... Personally, to me, this project sounds like a lot of work that I wouldn't want to do. <laughs> but if you guys are going to go as far as to like make all this stuff and then try to film it practically with maybe potentially some green screen. Honestly, my only card I'm not going to give up is we need David to fuck a bee. Yeah, I don't think you should give that up at all. That's the only if that's not in the project, I'm hoping I'm suing to get my name off it. If it ever, I mean, I mean, like, okay, all right, I'll say I'll say like this, like, I think having a feature film means that a lot of the film is not going to be be intensive, if you will, like a lot of the film is going to be like the exposition of like, we got to explain how the bees came to be. We got to, you know, introduce the main characters in some way, right? Like your regular exposition, which is totally fine. And I feel like having some good, nice scenes, you you know, you get into some character development, you find out like the lead guy is like allergic to bees. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like in the beginning, you're like, oh, damn, wait, this is going to be a problem for the lead character. (laughs) Is that a bee? Oh, oh. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, whoa, that better not happen later. Yeah. But, like, if you did a short film version of it, you could get away more with, like, doing a condensed version of that kind of exposition where it's, like, maybe in the first couple of minutes, it's, like, a news broadcast retelling of, like, what we know so far about the zombies. And you can get, like, right into it, like, immediately, like, establish it so that way we're already in the zombies thing. So you could still have all the exposition but it's done in a really condensed way. So that way, if you did a short film version of it, you could just get like right into the fucking good shit. The David fucking a bee, the, <laughs> no, the old lady not hearing the bee buzzing super loud down the hallway. <laughs> just bee porn all the way through. It can be like, even just like a montage of like different people, like experiencing problems with the zombies or whatever. With some kind of loose thread that ties the lead David's character into fucking the bee at the end of the movie. <laughs> that's the end of the movie. That's like cuts to credits. He starts banging the bee, and the credits just start rolling after that. <laughs> I can see that. I would allow some transparency. So, like, the entire credit scene is just like the type roll rolling up and like his ass slamming into a bee. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the use of chroma key right there you're out of pocket on that one you're out of pocket that's That's pretty good though yeah we i'm using the david asset as much as possible (laughs) (laughs) he he likes it um yeah sounds like you guys got your work cut out for you (laughs) we do <laughs> we gotta make a whole script. We gotta I think what you said there, like we gotta make a whole feature length script, see if that's worth it, and mm. then <laughs> just cut it down to the fuck all parts. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, see, like that would—that's what I was kind of thinking, honestly. Is like write out the full feature-length script, and then you can like use aspects of, you know, the first like twenty pages or something like that to kind of like make a sped-up sort of like intro bit. But I mean, it really—it depends. I mean, like it really is totally up to whatever you feel like needs it needs to suit the story. You know what we're gonna do for the film festival buzz? It'll just be like. All the shock and our fucking shots with the uh, yeah. with all the fucking and stuff and and the bees killing people and the dismemberment and the <laughs> and the various special effects. It's just going to be like an onslaught of like, look what we can do, and we're going to use that and that buzz, uh-huh. that uh-huh. buzz, yeah, 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 yeah. and we're going to use that to get funding. And we're going to be like, we can make this a feature like film. We can get Matt Damon involved. Oh, you want to get Matt Damon? <laughs> Yeah, like Matt Damon. I would love Matt Damon acting opposite. Matt Damon is the queen bee. <laughs> he just gets fucked by Damon. <laughs> yes! <laughs> oh my god, that would be so good. Yeah, because he needs to be a big role, right, Matt Damon? But he can't be <laughs> can't be the lead role because we got to have him in the... We got to save him for the extended feature. Mm-hmm. So like that's the one big special effects splurge we'll get with the big funding. We'll cash in the rest. We'll hire Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll get David to fuck Matt Damon as a queen bee. <laughs> I love it. Like I'm smelling Oscar all of a sudden. Like I was so far from Oscars at the beginning of this conversation. I'm now directly, it's seeming more realistic. It seems like it would be silly for us not to at least like petition a few, you know, entertainment magazines for some Oscar consideration talk. And the winner for best interspecies sex scene goes to <laughs> Zombies. Starring Matt Damon and Sneaky D. Starring Matt Damon <laughs> as the big queen bee. Yeah. Of course, he'd get top billing. I understand the business. I could honestly like mm-hmm. picture Matt Damon looking like how he would look as the queen bee. And it's. It works. It works. It really does. <laughs> It just works. Yeah. Like, I mean, nobody doesn't like Matt Damon. It's true. He can do anything. Remember when he was randomly in Interstellar? No, but now I want to watch Interstellar to see him randomly in it. I thought he was in the Mars one. He was in that one, too. He's just in all the space movies all of a sudden. And, like, he wasn't even, like, nobody even promoted that Matt Damon was in Interstellar because it was, like, Matthew McConaughey's big movie, his big Christopher Nolan movie. You can't have two mats. Then like the last like half of the movie, Matt Damon randomly shows up and everyone was like, whoa, Matt Damon is in this? So that's what happened to Will Hunting. He's in space. Space Will Hunting. That's what they should have called it. Space Damon. So I was telling all my co-hosts before this podcast came up and we got a good, we had a good consultation session going, but... Uh, for the extraneous matter of the podcast where everybody just loves to listen to us banter about any topic whatsoever, we decided to stick to a theme this episode. And that theme is the letter R. 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 R? I don't know what letter of the alphabet it is, but I'm sure a robot will tell us what it is right now. 20. Is it? Is it the 20th? I don't know. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Seems a little too late. I think it's late teens. Uh, Yeah, it's 18. Yeah, I was pretty close. That's really close for just throwing a dart on the board. 
The eighteenth letter of the alphabet. R. I know my alphabet. I've got a fucking topic right off the bat. There's a replication crisis in science. Have y'all heard of this? No. It's a whole ass. It's a whole ass crisis. What are they replicating? Well, that's the thing. It's like a lot of studies, apparently, in uh, none other than psychology, which which would interest Ian and and general sciences. They're finding that they can't replicate experiments that people use to posit crazy claims that are being sent across the world. For instance, mm. have you ever heard of uh, power posing? No. No. Power posing, let me show you guys. We're on video, so they, they could see. But uh, power posing is when you, uh, you want to feel more confident, you want to feel some bravado. So you, you exhibit like a big power pose, like you're a fucking Wonder Woman. Yeah, exactly like Ian's doing right there. Yeah, you right. you fucking ch- puffed out your chest. You you fucking put your hands on your hips, and and you're like, you know what? I don't need no man. I don't need no man to take care of me. I'm what? I'm me. I am myself, and I am the powerful one now. Hear me roar. Is this a thing that people who feel like they don't need men do? No, I mean, like, like that's just the general feeling. Like, you could be you don't need women. It could be you don't need other people. You don't people. need anybody. It could just, yeah, just the general cry for self-sufficiency. But the point is, it gives you confidence and the wherewithal to withstand any scorn. Okay, I feel that. I feel that power posing. Okay, so they yeah. couldn't replicate something about power posing? Yeah, it turns out it's not a real thing. What do you mean it's not a real thing? Like, they, like the experiments that they do to to get that conclusion, no one can replicate the same fucking results. Like it's not actually helpful, you mean? Yeah, like they can't, this study is like, oh yeah, this, these guys found it helpful to be like that because it boosted their confidence and stuff. And then scientists are like, okay, let's try it again. And they could never replicate that. To happen. Okay. They can never make that happen again. This is a problem because it's happening a lot. Yeah, it turns out like pretty much every study you've ever seen mentioned in a blog, bullshit. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fair. I think that's not really a problem though. I think that means that the scientific method's working. That in order for things to become like facts, you have to be able to replicate it. And if you can't, then it's bullshit. So, I guess the problem is that we're <laughs> pushing all this bullshit out before we're really uh, thoroughly investigating. Yeah, that's what I was just going to follow up with, Ian. I was going to say that too, is like, so does that mean that like articles written online about like studies or whatever that they're finding and it's like a Mm -hmm. lot of people gain attention to that, but then when it's like corrected afterwards, like they do more research, they find out that this isn't a thing. There's not like a big follow-up article that everybody's paying attention to that's like, this research has actually been refuted. You shouldn't be doing this or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. That's super interesting. I always wonder about that shit. There's always like a big like a draw of attention to something. But then it's like there never seems to be any resolution or like does, did it actually work or anything like that? Like you never really see that stuff. You never see it. It's not incentivized in the current media environment to like publish retractions in any mm-hmm. in any form whatsoever. But particularly when you're like you're a lifestyle brand and you're just like, here's five things to do when you're feeling sad. Put your hands on your hips. And- <laughs> 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 you know, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of call for the follow up on that one. Generally, like mm-hmm. one thing I did find interesting that was refuted, though, was the concept of ego depletion. Do you do you know what that is? Have you heard of ego depletion? 
I mean, I don't really know how I would describe that. It's basically like your willpower can be sapped by using it. The idea here is like that the more you exert willpower, the less you have when that's unreplicatable in the, in the idea that a lot of people who exert a lot of willpower say they're trudging along and they're making a damn zombies movie no matter what. <laughs> like the more you invest, the more you create. And Sneaky Deeds said stuff like this along those lines. I should have waited for him to come on the pod and bring that up. God damn it. God damn it. <laughs> so wait, so that's not a thing though? Is that what you're saying? That's what I'm saying. There's a replication crisis, ego depletion. Like there's nothing. Like it was like one study that said that that is a thing. That's I mean, so I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong in a broader implication of what it means. You, you would know a lot more about this kind of stuff and like what's actually vetted or not. I just read blogs with headlines. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I don't specifically know a ton about that uh, concept. I have a psychology-related uh, anecdote. Yeah. Okay. I like anything that's related because this is okay. our episode. It is related. Hey, I have something to relate to that. Yeah. So I might have told you guys this story before, but I'll tell it in a more condensed version. But basically, when I was in... I took a psychology class in college. And... Uh, they taught us about state-dependent learning. So it's like this idea that like you might be more likely to remember things if you're in the same mood as like when you experience them more often. Like if you're sad when you're like doing your homework and then you get yourself sad again, you do your homework again, it like becomes an easier way for you to learn and remember stuff. So I was like, oh, that's super interesting because I only took that one psychology class, but I'm always like really interested in psychology related topics, right? It's related. Yeah. R for related. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, damn, I should really try this out. So I started like smoking like a shitload of weed every time I would study for a psychology test. (laughs) And then I would get like baked out of my mind before I would go in for the test. And I got A's, like I aced the whole class through those tests because I was always just like smoking weed every time I like went to that class or did homework for it. I'm like, wow, I'm really state dependent learning right now. This is amazing. I'm like putting it into action in my real life. Oh my God. So like that means like if you want to like make a script that's really psychologically like focused and based, you got to, you got to blaze up first. I mean, maybe. Or, like, you could get really sad or, like, <laughs> something like that. Like, you could have just, like, watched the OC's saddest episode in the first two seasons and then watch Psychology. Or yeah, like, wa- watch the OC every time I do, like, psychology-related studies. Yeah, And then I, I just, play the soundtrack to the OC in my head when I'm taking the test. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. I remember when I learned that. Yeah. That was episode 14 of season two. You become like a famous psychologist and like (laughs) you get this really difficult client and like you have to tell them like you are experiencing suicidal thoughts and that is not very good under watch. You will go. (laughs) (laughs) I just sing all of my. Just the worst news possible. (laughs) Jesus. And I'm singing it all. With this OC's theme song all the time. That's so upsetting. But, you know, Honestly. people would understand that as like, that's a tool he uses. 
That's just how humanity works. And your star would rise in the psychological community. I guess all of those really like prolific people that everyone always seems to think is super good at what they do and they're really successful. They always are just kind of weird like that. So maybe that can just yeah. be my thing. That's like my billionaire tick. <laughs> I sing everything that I say. Like what's worse? Singing everything you say or relating everything other people say to fucking their mother? One of these people is the father of psychology. Oh, damn. Shots fired. Well, he was high as balls all the time, too. (laughs) Well, if it's all the time, that's good, because he's got the same state. (laughs) (laughs) He's remembering it all. Yeah, it's a repository of information, that man. Hmm, I gotta figure out how to solve this equation. Let me rip this bong really quick. (laughs) (laughs) Let me shoot some coke. It's probably because he fucked your mother. (laughs) (laughs) just so happened in vienna like that was the thing to do (laughs) who was that guy what's his name freud 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 yeah man freud's really ripping the bong in there (laughs) he's talking all kinds of crazy shit he's making a lot of progress you can tell because it's like a fucking dry ice fog lamps in there he probably was just like blazing it hard with everybody that he was talking his theories to and everything like that and they were like damn you're making a lot of sense bro yeah (laughs) <laughs> you gotta write this shit down homie <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying man i'm trying dude i gotta stop fucking in these dabs bro <laughs> oh <laughs> i fucking got the dab rig baby you <laughs> can't stop doing 500 milligram edibles every night man <laughs> i'm living in a nightmare <laughs> <laughs> but you're the father of psychology dude yeah is that cool yeah <laughs> That was a blowtorch. You guys know stuff was happening in your mind, right? (laughs) (laughs) What is reality? You guys ever think about how your brain works? (laughs) I have. A lot. (laughs) I went to medical school and I took a part of brain. You know what I saw? God. (laughs) That's how it ends. (laughs) (laughs) That would be crazy if Freud was like that, man. Was he really? He liked cocaine. Oh, okay. It's a little less spacey, a little more assertive, but basically the same thing. I can't yeah. imagine him talking really fast to somebody at a party. <laughs> I can't imagine him being high on cocaine and then like not talking to his clients while they, you know, spill their guts on the couch. Isn't that like his main <laughs> main gig? Like just not talking while they listen? Uh I mean Or did he do some talking? He did some talking. We won't get too into Freud. That's not an R. It's R enough. It's got an R in the second. Got an letter. R in it. And I can imagine Freud like talking to people on the couch, and he's just like, "Yeah, okay, so, so, hey, it's good to see you. Hey, now listen, to, I got something to say to you." <laughs> he just starts going off like he talks the entire time. I mean, he was a pioneer of the talking cure, so he would get a lot of expression from his patients, but also he's making interpretations about what they say. So, really, pretty. Um, I would say loosely connected in inferences, <laughs> but it was like kind of jarring enough for them to think about their own thoughts in a different way, which is helpful. So like he just like told everybody as a template, mm-hmm. do you want to fuck your mom just to shock them and being like, well, do I? <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> I never thought about it until you said that. 
This guy's really smart and he talks really fast. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's got a lot of good ideas. I don't know what the fuck is going on with him. But... Uh, I better rethink everything. Uh, you know Didn't they make that movie about Freud that uh, uh, Kira Knightley was in or something like that? I think like, uh, what's his face? Um, the robot from Prometheus. What's his face? He was Magneto mm. in the X-Men movies. What's his name? Ian McKellen? Fuck. No. Oh, uh, the, Ian McKellen. The robot no. from Prometheus is... Uh, yeah, uh, the dude, the robot guy that turned yeah. out to be bad. What's his, What's the actor's name? I can't believe I'm forgetting. Michael Fassbender. Yep. Of course. It's it's Kira Knightley and Michael... F- <laughs> Shut up, Scott. <laughs> It's Kira Knightley and Michael Fassbender and and Viggo Mortensen, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was they a were, David Cronenberg film, wasn't it? You know what I'm talking about? Isn't that what that movie's about? It's like uh, it's about like Freud and yeah. the other dude. What's his name? It was like John? the competing psychologist or whatever that the movie was like based on or whatever? Carlos Young. Was that I'm it? Not sure. I haven't actually seen it. It's I, only a Carl Young was like a psychoanalyst kind of contemporary but they weren't really like i don't know that they were competing um, i feel like the movie was about like carl, carl jung and fucking freud and they were like banging the same girl <laughs> i feel like that's <laughs> what the movie was about <laughs> like they were both to... banging kira knightley and they both had ideas about the brain <laughs> it's like that was what the movie was based around it's like you're banging my lady huh feel like that's your mom She's the only lady in Vienna that's turned on by brain talk. <laughs> Entanglement, I think is what it was called, or Entangled or something like that. Wasn't Robert Pattinson in... Oh, no, he was like... Uh, that was about Dolly. Oh, what? Did he play Dolly? I think so, yeah. What? Really? Oh, I need to watch that. We I gotta see watch that. that. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever thought of that is a good idea. Yeah, that's way better than zombies. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. That's a good point. That's pretty like, good. If, if we had Robert Pattinson and zombies as Salvador Dali getting fucked by a bee while David's fucking the bee, yes. <laughs> Salvador Dali is just there. <laughs> yeah. He's like doing magic in the corner. <laughs> like, right. I can see that. That would be pretty cool. When you get stuck yeah, speaking of Robert Pattinson. Oh, yeah, word. Robert Pattinson. Speaking of Robert Pattinson. Yeah. Robert Pattinson, Nick Cage. Because we love Robert Pattinson. I would watch every single Robert Pattinson movie he's ever done as long as it was free or included in my subscription. Do you remember you remember when he was in Twilight? Remember when he came out in Twilight? I would not watch those movies. I retract my last statement. <laughs> I actually, I really like Twilight. I can't like Twilight, man. And I liked New Moon, too. Wait, you like the whole series? I didn't see the whole series. I just saw the first two. Man, is there a movie you didn't like? Of the two of them? No, generally. Like like a movie that you're just like, I don't care what people say about this movie. I'm not for this movie. No. Dude, that's respectable. Is it? I feel like a lot of people think I have shitty taste because I like every movie. No, fuck those people, man. No, like if you like every goddamn movie, you like every goddamn movie, and that's an asset. I can always just like find a way to appreciate any movie despite like anything else about it. I feel like I can always enjoy a movie for like at least one aspect. So I can always find something mm-hmm. about a movie that I like to watch. And for the Twilight movies, it was Robert Pattinson. 
And there was a really good <laughs> Tom York song in New Moon that I really liked. There you go. But Robert Pattinson, I was like, when I was watching those movies when they came out, I was like, there's something about this Robert Pattinson guy. Like, I feel like he's got it. But you didn't feel that way when he was Cedric Diggory and Harry Potter. No, I think I only realized that he was Cedric Diggory after I saw Twilight. And I was like, oh shit, that was Robert Pattinson. Because I probably didn't know who he was when that movie came out. Okay. But yeah, I was like, oh shit, you know what, Robert Pattinson, he's really got something. And people were hating on our Pats hard back then. Yeah, like there's still residual hate. He's just like a, you know, like he's a pretty boy actor. He's not doing anything. Now look at him. He's on top. He's playing Batman. Yeah, he's a pretty boy actor playing Batman now. <laughs> exactly. He is justice. He is the knight. Fucked a mermaid too. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. <laughs> That's better than the final part of the phrase. <laughs> he's justice. He is the knight. He fucked a mermaid too. <laughs> How would anybody be able to watch this Batman movie and not think about that? <laughs> right? He's a fucking mermaid. Yeah. Like, thank God Batman's in head-to-toe gear, except for his jaw. Because otherwise, it would all I would think about is, like, the the writhing naked body of Robert Pattinson on the giant pussy mermaid. <laughs> Am I wrong in that description? <laughs> I hope there's, like, a, a shot in the new Batman movie where Batman is, like, leaned over the top of a building saying something really badass, like, I am justice or something like that. And it's raining down on him. So that way you can just like edit those two scenes together between the movies. <laughs> That's an immediate TikTok sensation. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Man, I'm hope- like, is it done? The production on the Batman for Robert Pattinson, Batman? I have no idea. So I know they were filming it and like Robert Pattinson had COVID, but he was too busy sitting on sets that Chris Nolan wouldn't allow him to sit on. <laughs> Did you guys watch Tenet? I have not. I only oh, heard oh, the things about the sound mixing. Have you seen it? Yeah, multiple times. <laughs> multiple times? How long is it? It's like uh, almost three hours, I think. It's like two. It's probably two and a half, maybe. Shit. It is pretty long, yeah. What's the gist of it? I Obviously, you liked it because you like A, everything. <laughs> B, you watched it several times. <laughs> like, those are the tears of like... And Robert Pattinson was in it. Was he? Yeah shit he's like a main character in it i need to get a list of things of i always talk about that i don't know about dude honestly i liked tenant <laughs> i liked tenant a lot i would not know how to sum it up for you and honestly it is a really tough watch because there's a lot of dialogue and a lot of stuff happens really quickly to get to the action stuff but if you can get through that and you can get to the action stuff, it starts about halfway through. So you're like an hour and a half into this movie before anything happens. If you can get up to that point, it's totally worth the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is like visually super dope (laughs) for for lack of a better word. Shit. I mean, I can imagine that man. Chris Nolan's delivered the goods before. Yeah, like, it's kind of crazy to think how they... Because a lot of the stuff that they did in the whole, like, reverse time shit thing that I'm sure you guys saw in the trailers and stuff like that, there's a lot of that stuff that is practical that they did. They practically reverse times? Yeah. 
Wow. It's like it's choreographed in reverse. So that way they can film it forwards and then just play it in reverse backwards. And it looks like it's moving forwards while also being in reverse. I can't even wrap my head around like just no, the logistics. It's, it's crazy in the way that they filmed it like that, too. It's like, what the fuck? They really did it like this. It's so intense. Where is it at? Difficult movie to watch. It's on. I think it's on Netflix now. It was on Prime. I think it's still on Prime, but I think they moved it to Netflix, maybe. Nice. Well, I can't imagine that being on Prime. Really? It was on Prime? I got it on Prime when it came out. Wow. I thought it would be like one of those like like movies like you can only see if you've got like the right like subscription. WB subscription or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was going to come out on the WB. Like... <laughs> 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 the little frog comes out to introduce the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it did make it does a whole fucking song and dance number before the movie starts. Yeah. Yeah, it was kinda, that one. I miss the era of limited technology where like they could do that kind of thing to the audience. We're like, okay, we're just gonna show you a cartoon of a frog now because this is the only way possible you're gonna ever watch this movie, and we're gonna just shoehorn this fucking cartoon frog. Here you go. <laughs> yeah I, think I see what you're talking about there i'm glad they could just make you watch anything because you didn't have any options yeah that's that's how classics are made right there jesus i hate this fucking frog but i'm really really want to watch gilmore girls tonight yeah <laughs> so i'm gonna go to the theater pay my nickel sit in the air conditioning and watch the frog before gilmore girls <laughs> ac's out at the house better go to the movie yep <laughs> yep uh-huh Hey, God, we can still smoke here. May give me a pack of Paul Malls and a small popcorn. He's buying cigarettes at the movie theater. <laughs> it's just it's like it comes in a bucket of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> there's like there's like there's like a dispenser in the movie theater that you put a quarter into and you can get a pack of smokes. <laughs> like you're standing, in, you're standing in line behind like a birthday party of 10 year olds. <laughs> <laughs> god damn it (laughs) wish these kids would just get all their smokes at once hurry up mister (laughs) shut up kid they don't got my brand (laughs) (laughs) what kind of bougie institution is this Marlboro Red what the fuck (laughs) arg We got we got an email bag. Uh, Master Charles went to Costco wearing the Scott Cast hat, and he sent oh. a picture. He sent a picture. I realized I don't have any. I don't have the picture to show you. And I, I was going to say, are you going to show it to me? <laughs> no, I'm not. you can just text it to me later. I'll text it to you later, dude. <laughs> All right, sounds like good. it's going to be like three a.m. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're going to get like a. There it is. There you go. Ian's got oh, it. Oh, nice. Looking good. Man went to Costco, got uh, got himself some cartfuls of uh, what? What did Sneaky D say he bought? Uh, you want me to repeat Sneaky D's joke? Yeah, it's like a paragraph. <laughs> of course, so, it is. <laughs> needs to get three carts of bulk goods. One of those carts filled entirely with Magnum condoms. The other with B movies, and the third with. That fresh cheese. After they stare you up and down questionably, tell them 
after Scott Cast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. After Scott Cast, there's going to be hella bitches up in here. <laughs> and that shit is email bag. So, Bendy, do you need like some uh, Scott Cast merch to wear around? In yeah, uh, I was just going to say, I need one of those hats. We're gonna we're gonna send some Scott Cast hats and gifts out to contributors. We're gonna send something to Master Charles himself for being so kind as to wear his hat in public. We're gonna we're gonna send some like temporary <laughs> for tattoos. acknowledging you in public. I love a good acknowledgement in public. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Yeah. Send me so, some merch, dude. I want a hat. Yeah, we're gonna get you a hat. It's gonna say something along the lines of like, "I consult on movies for podcasts, Scott Cast." It's like all embroidered within two square inches. Uh, okay. We'll come up with some sort of design. That would be pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Because you wouldn't be able to really read it that small, I feel like, just walking by regularly. So people would be stopping you to read the hat. Be like, What's exactly. Oh, yeah, and that's the, that's the real thing. Like, let's say you're at Costco in Virginia and you find, you see this guy, he's wearing a hat and he's got a cart full of Magnum condoms. He's got a cart full <laughs> of B movies and he's got a cart full of that fresh cheese. Do you ask him about the hat or the carts? <laughs> I'd probably just walk by that guy and be like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just agree with his lifestyle yeah just everything about it i don't think i can pick it out individually i just have to be like co-sign the whole thing man like yeah bro yeah it up. i subscribe i don't know what that means with you but i do it i've subscribed yeah i've subscribed to this yeah i think that's a bucket list item for myself actually i want to go through life and see somebody just a snippet of life, a little flashpoint of their life, and I want to love it so much that I just go up to them and I ask and I ask them, I'm sure we all have a subscription of some sort. Can I be yours? Can I subscribe to you somehow? Can I subscribe to you? <laughs> just your life, your life force. Yeah. I need it. I wonder how somebody would react to something like that. We should try it, man. Because like here's the thing. I bet at least. 80% of people would say, yeah, I've got something you can follow. I got an Instagram. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got a Twitter. Everyone's got their own little stupid publisher brand. They're pushing out there. One out of five people are going to be like, I don't have anything for you. What are you talking to me about? As they push their carts of condoms away. Because <laughs> the only people... <laughs> Only or what people. if they're just like, what if they're just like, yeah, you want to just follow me back to my apartment? I'm having a party tonight. Yeah, then you just leave because that's not the kind of following you want. You want a digital following. You want some sort of RSS feed. He'd probably, if you approach somebody that was living that type of life and you're like, I want to subscribe to you. They'd be like, the digital medium cannot sustain my energy. <laughs> right. And then they evolve to a B and there's this big sex scene with Matt Damon. Sneaky D. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he just like face palm pushes you into some ladies wear. <laughs> and you're like, oh, this is embarrassing. I don't ah! this. I'm not a creep. Trust me. And you like sit up and you have a bra on. It's like, oh, what a situation to be caught Whoa. in. Oh, no. <laughs> Why am I wearing this? Oh no, do I look good? Like 100%. We're going to need to like send the zombie script up to you. We want a page of padding. We want, we want you to double the size of the script, put a page of padding where like a situation like that happens after every page. 
we'll, we'll send you a 60 page script and you're going to pad it with half the movie is going to be these situations where a guy's like, how did I get a brawn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be pretty cool, actually. That would I like, yeah, like the only thing, only writer's assignment you have, only fucking objective. It cannot be about the previous page. Just has to be a consequence of it. <laughs> Jesus. No, if the, options, the opportunities are so endless. Yeah. <laughs> but it would be the world's most varied dance movie you could possibly imagine. It would make Tenet yeah. look like fucking Zombies Part One. So is this Zombies Part Two? Uh, it's all, yeah, but it's all presented as one. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. There's depth to it, it's structure, <laughs> it's meta structure. You wouldn't understand if you weren't an artist. And if you're confused by this conversation, that means you should buy our movie. <laughs> Get some culture in you, yeah. swine. <laughs> You're not cultured enough for this movie. I bet you've watched a Disney production in the last four weeks. Nerd. <laughs> Why don't you go jump a nerd's rope? Go jump a nerd's rope. What's that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I had to envision it. I just ate a nerd's rope the other night, so I was thinking about it. Oh, oh, okay. I was just imagining like. Like it's a jump rope, but for nerds. Oh, no, I was talking about the candy. Okay, okay. The nerds rope. All right, quick poll. You're you're a kid again. You're yes. in Blockbuster. You, you've got the best movie you could possibly got, a VHS tape in your hand, and, and like your parents are like, you could pick a candy. What do you pick? Airheads I go extreme. For, ooh. I pick, no hesitation. Yeah, no hesitation at all. I was about to finish my sentence. <laughs> but Air has extreme. That's fucking that's a phenomenal choice. It's a fruity choice. I go for bunch of crunch, the Nestle little crunch bits. No. I understand. <laughs> I understand. I just say no to that. That's fair. No. No, I actually do like those a lot too. Yeah, but not it's not in your realm. Uh, You're in the fruity realm. Man, I'd never really I didn't do a lot of Blockbuster. I did other video stores. So I don't know what their candy selection was like. I'm pretty Dude, sure it was all the same. I mean, I was more into like the fruity flavors as opposed to like chocolate stuff. So Airheads were pretty good. Skittles would have done Starburst, whatever that line of candies. I'm the only chocolate guy here. Chewy and fruity. I would yeah. go. I would go like the bunches of crunch. Um, I would I would do that. Another time. Don't don't be like joining my side because you think I <laughs> well, need no, I mean, like, but like support. I'm not a big I'm not a big chocolate guy either, but like something like that I could really enjoy. Like that if I was gonna pick a chocolate choice, I would probably get something along the lines of that. Or like a junior mints. Well, like the idea is like you're watching a movie, you you want an indulgence, right? I mean, here's the thing that's realistic, Scott, that you gotta understand <laughs> is that <laughs> If I want candy, if I'm at Blockbuster and I want candy, I'm going to get all the candy I want. <laughs> no one's going to stop me from just getting one candy. <laughs> well, like your mother, so your mother's like bending to your whim, like, cause like, this is, uh, this is young us, right? This is like seven year old, 10 year old us. No, no, I had a, I had an allowance. I buy my own candy. <laughs> if I need candy, I'm going to get it. Listen, I just finished mowing the lawn. My mom already owes me 20 bucks for something. 
I need this candy. You're richer than you've ever been in your life. You're going to get whatever candy you want. You're going to get more candy than you want. <laughs> exactly. What are my other overhead expenses as a child? <laughs> Nothing. I'm buying candy and soda at school. <laughs> this is all I have to spend money on. I was always like mooching off his mother's goodwill being like, can I have a candy with this movie? Can I have a candy with this game? Yeah, I would do that. I would do that sometimes too. You know, I mean, re- I I never really like went that crazy. You know, I wasn't buying like a million candies. I'd buy like maybe like two candies. You know what I mean? Okay, so you needed the variety. I like a variety. Yeah, if I'm gonna get candy, I'm gonna get different types of candy to mix it up. You know. So here's the thing about Bunch of Crunch and why you don't need variety with it, because when you're watching a movie for the first time as a child, you're pretty much entering into a universe for the first time as a child. And like that will inform you the entire rest of your life. So if you sit around with a a sour candy with a million different flavors and a million different fruits and you got to guess the fruit. Oh, this is blue flavored. This is red flavored. This is green. This is sour. This is this is something else. This is something you're not going to get the point of the movie. You're not going to enter into the other universe. And you're not going to become immersed. And like, Bendy, this is clearly not the case of what happened to you as an adult because you clearly fought against this impulse. But I've got to say, it was an uphill battle for you, man, because you were competing sensory-like. This brilliant movie with the million different flavors of the sour fucking string roll, whatever the fuck it was, sour cream and onion tape. I forgot what it was. Airheads extreme. Hey, listen, I feel like you're just talking about reasons against my candy. You're not explaining yeah. why your candy is the choice. All right. My candy is the choice. So you want something bland so you can focus on the movie? <laughs> yeah, that's what it feels like you're saying. <laughs> kind of, yeah. It's not necessarily just bland, though, because they kind of, so, so chocolate and the bunch of crunch, it's Nestle. It's a big corporation. They're known for injecting chemicals into their food. They're they're known for mass producing things and like technically it's not chocolate technically it's chocolate extract or whatever, and the idea is it's all uniform though it's it's a crunch and it's experience but it's not an experience that takes away any focus from your from your main senses for a movie, eye ear, and and, and the seclusion of everything else, mm-hmm. you know unless it's smell vision. Well, then but, when do you eat Airheads Extreme? Because they sell them at Blockbuster. So I don't know what they, why they wouldn't air- want me to eat that with my movie. Well, because they're just out to look, make a quick buck. And if you show oh, up okay, and you yeah. rent a movie and you buy Airheads Extreme, they got a great profit margin on the Airheads Extreme because it's a cheap product. And the movie that you rent, you're not even going to like because you're so focused on the Airheads Extreme. You're like, why did mm-hmm. I, wh- how did this end? Why is there credits now? You're you're just completely flummoxed as a child. I kind of get that honestly. Yeah, yeah. Your, like brain is dyed rainbow for like an hour while you're like high on sugar. You're like bouncing off the walls. Yeah, and like the movie's and like, playing like in slow motion for some reason because you're, you're so fucking wired. That you yeah, you're watching Schindler's happening. List and you're just dancing and like jumping around. <laughs> <laughs> you're not getting any soul, but if you that have a bunch me, of crunch, it's like that is me when I'm 13 though. So there you go. That explains Watching Schindler's lot. List while I'm like jumping around <laughs> eating candy. <laughs> That's literally what I did. <laughs> Are you having an actual memory of that in like your past right now? Like this time? 
You were just so happy yeah, to be watching much. Schindler's List. Yeah, basically. I mean, about. anything. I was just a child, you know. <laughs> didn't you didn't know, know better, and that's what I'm saying. That's that was the downfall of the renting economy. They didn't have shepherds at the counter being like, "Look, no, no, <laughs> chocolate for you." If you're gonna get the Airheads Extreme, you better not be renting Schindler's List too. It better be a video game you're renting if you're getting Airheads Extreme because that's a totally different story. That makes sense. Yeah, it's all in the same lane. You're just not using Blockbuster right if you go for variety flavor with a movie. If you go with variety flavor in a game, that means you're going to be exploratory, you're going to be more open to strategy, and you're going to be like grokking onto the thing like an octopus. You're going to be playing Time Splitters too that night. <laughs> yeah, the Rumble Pack inserted. <laughs> like what? <laughs> yeah. So glad this is a good game to play while I down a pack of Skittles in my other hand. (laughs) 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 Man, now I want to go to Blockbuster and rent San Francisco Racing 37 or whatever the fuck it's called. R.I.P. Blockbuster, man. All right. There's one last Blockbuster and it's got its own movie now. Mm -hmm. On Netflix. Yeah, you can't fucking rent it there. (laughs) <laughs> just a real slap in the face it's like netflix blockbuster's last breath is just like a slap in the face of their existence <laughs> i think it literally is because like they would bankrupt the copyright for the brand sold like 30 times until some random asshole could afford it <laughs> they just bought blockbuster and made one or took it i don't know i don't know i don't know the exact story behind the, that particular last franchise but it sounds like what it is mm-hmm. do we have other r topics r oh damn it it's been an hour and 31 minutes without someone going r no expected... that's not true i did it earlier too oh and i didn't notice yeah that was the second time i did it oh r topics Art. Yeah, that's the third time now i made a bet with bendy that uh none of us would bring up R in respect to pirates. Yeah. And uh didn't work. Yeah, it turns out I just did because you didn't really mention pirates yet. I was implying pirates heavily. Yeah. You've led me into this position. So what do we learn <sighs> today, guys? Um hmm. well uh if you're not sure what to do Throw some fucking in there. Yeah. You can fuck a mermaid. You can <laughs> fuck a bee. You can. Well, don't fuck your mom, but you probably maybe want to. You I don't probably know. thought about it. And you should think about thinking about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and um, fuck yourself. I learned that um, replications are difficult to achieve <laughs> in some psychological studies. And that has me concerned about the way we consume information in society. Mm-hmm. And I love our topics. Me too. You know what I learned today? What's that? I learned that zombies is going to be R-rated because we got to have these fucking scenes, especially if we get mm. Matt Damon in. We need... Sneaky D fucking Matt Damon. 
Yeah. And I learned that, you know, there's a whole constellation of snacks. Maybe I shouldn't be so fucking set out to tell people if they went to Blockbuster like now as a 30-year-old, but like as a seven-year-old, that if they picked sour cream and onions roll-ups, it's not a big problem. Ew, what? I mean, sour... I learned that Scott is... I learned that Scott is judgmental and likes to shame those with other snack preferences. (laughs) (laughs) And he's an asshole. (laughs) All right. So with a super colorful original telecommunicated transmission, otherwise known as Scottcast, I bid thee adieu. See you later, Scottcastigators. Scott is a stupid asshole. For this episode, we should use the word rectum. Thank you. We didn't. Yeah, we didn't say rectum yet. Rectum. So you're a rectum rather than an asshole. There we go. Oh right, right, oh, right, 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 right. A stupid rectum. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs>